0: Well, Mason contacted me a few days ago and asked if I might share my testimony um, with the church here this morning, and many of you know me, um, and many of you know me my whole life, Um, but one thing that I was just thinking as I was writing down some thoughts in regards to the Lord's work in my life... um, Growing up in a Christian home uh, it my my testimony I guess I'd say is is just a little different than some that we've heard here recently. Um, we've heard testimonies of ones where the Lord uh, just came in a mighty way, and uh, there was conviction of sin, there was a completely changed life of hardness to God being changed to a softening and a, a hearing of his voice, um, a life of sin that uh, God miraculously brings someone out of and sets on a new path. Um, but my testimony is different from that, um, but I believe that it still is a testimony of God's grace and mercy in my life, uh, and I, I trust and hope it will be an encouragement to to you all as well. Um, like I said, I was born uh, in a Christian home. My parents are here. Uh, I was, uh, from my youngest years, I remember uh, being taught the things of God. I, I had Some of my earliest memories were my mom and dad at uh, different times reading to us uh, directly from the Bible or from a Bible storybook, I think one that's still making its circulations here, uh, Eagermeyer's uh, Bible storybook, and just hearing the truths of the, of the word. Um, my uh, parents were some of the earlier members of the church here, so uh, I was raised hearing the truth week in and week out. Um, but honestly, I don't know at what point the Lord began working in me. Uh, I, I know it was at an early age. Uh, I remember having real conviction in my heart over sins that I would commit um, even as a child. Uh, if I, I remember some instances where I spoke something that wasn't true, an outright lie, and just that sinking feeling in your stomach that I've done wrong and um, wanting to make it right, just not being comfortable until I could make it right. And so I, I, I trust that that was the Lord's doing in convicting me even at a young age. Um, I made a public confession. I think I was about seven years old or so when when that happened um, but honestly, i don't remember um exact the exact moment that the Lord saved me um and you know at seven years old and before that, I have very little remembrance of what was going on in my life at that time and and even my thought processes were very immature. And so my understanding of the gospel was very uh, shallow in one sense compared to the more mature thinking of an adult. But I do believe that the Lord was working in me at that age. But um, looking back at it, I would say this, that being, uh, being saved at an early age had its blessings, and it also had its difficulties. Um, the blessing is an obvious one, um, the Lord spared me from so much uh, by saving me while I was young. Um, just thinking of the the cost of sin uh, in a person's life. The Lord is able to forgive anyone of anything. But there is scars from sin. And a life that's lived in sin, uh, you feel the effects of it. Even knowing that you're forgiven and right before the Lord, you feel the effects of it. And so knowing that the Lord spared me from so much is a tremendous blessing, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but it did have its difficulties. And, and one of the things that I struggled with um, at an early age, and uh, I can say honestly that it's, it's something that comes back to me even as an adult, and that is uh, just a, the struggle of assurance. Um, I mentioned earlier about these testimonies that we'll hear of someone going headlong into sin and God completely turns them around and they can point back and say, I was saved at this moment and just the complete change of a life. Well, for me, I look back and say, well, what complete change did I have? I was so young, I don't remember all the things that changed in my life. Um and so i can 't look back and say This moment, this is when I was saved um, and again it 's a it 's a wonderful thing to have been saved so young, but it does have it did have its difficulties for me just in struggle uh with assurance um, but as I got older and was able to understand the scriptures. A little better uh, the Lord really began to show me that my faith my trust and my hope was not to be in my testimony in my conversion experience but I wanted that I wanted to be able to say you know I can look back to this time in my life and say God saved me here but I couldn't do that Um, my only hope was to be in christ in what he has done and his finished work on the cross um, i thought of the the hymn there that we sing my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on jesus name and that's that's the only thing that i can hold on to and that's the only thing any of us can hold on to even those who have had the more you might call it miraculous conversion story, still can't put their hope and their trust in that. It is in Christ and what Christ has done. One thing that um, even as a believer that I have found myself struggling with, um, and I have to just keep being brought back to the clear teaching of Scripture is that I feel that I'm very prone to having a works mentality in my mind anyway. I don't know how much it plays out practically in my life, but certainly in my mind. Um, I have no problem believing that Christ paid for my sin and that his perfect life and and his death on the cross uh, made atonement for my sin. I'm justified before him, but... I continue to sin, and when I do, uh, I find myself being prone to thinking that somehow I need to merit favor in God's eyes, that I need to get back in good standing with him. Um, He's displeased with me because I've sinned. Uh, I need to work up some righteousness so that he'll be pleased and so that he'll accept me again, and I don't know if some of you can relate to some of these thoughts, but it's clear from Scripture that this is wrong. This is a wrong mentality to have. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe I could just share a couple of verses that the Lord brought to my mind in this regard. <clears throat> the first one is in 1 John chapter 1. Just one verse here. Um, verse 7. And really, it's just the the last part of the verse. It says, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that thought that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, not just sin's previous up until my conversion all my sins were paid for but now i need to merit righteousness in god's eyes that's not it his blood covers all sin past present future his his blood has accomplished what we never can accomplish and we are to just rest in that alone um and you know the enemy comes in and he want he will be satisfied the enemy will be satisfied if we look to anything other than Christ. To some, it might be idols. You know, Dick gave a series on idolatry. Um, To others, it might be something a little more spiritual, their conversion, uh, or their faith. You know, I've got strong faith. Um, But the the enemy doesn't really care where your eyes are as long as it's not on Christ. And um, I was thinking of that song that we just sang this morning, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within that's that's true for every believer we have moments like that where you just you feel the guilt of your sin but what's next what do you do then when you feel the despair do you you know go well i got to do something for god or i got to you know merit favor in his eyes no upward i look and see him there who made an end to all my sin And that's where our eyes have to continually be brought back to what Christ has done for us. Um, Another verse, and this isn't just a verse, this is a whole section, but I thought I might just read it briefly, the last part of Romans chapter 8. Because I think this really deals with this whole struggle that I have in this area of God's favor is not upon me because I've done something wrong i've i've sinned in some way fallen short but romans chapter 8 i'll begin reading in verse 31 what then shall we say to these things and of course you all know this this whole book and this chapter paul's been just laying out the gospel and what christ has done for us we're justified in his eyes and so this is his conclusion what then shall we say to these things if god is for us who is against us Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's, that It sums it up. There isn't anything for the believer. There is nothing that is going to happen to us or anything that we are going to do that is going to separate us from the love of Christ. And so when when we begin to feel the guilt of a sin in our life or just not, not honoring the Lord as we ought, when we feel that guilt, it is not that God's love is somehow less and that he's less pleased with us. If he gave us his son, he's not going to withhold anything from us. And his love, he's not going to pull back his love from us. And I... I'm speaking to myself here. This is the reminder that I need to have. Um, But I trust, again, for many of you, probably these are some thoughts that you have as well. We need to just keep going back to what the Lord has done for us in Christ. Um, I thought I would finish just by reading this one paragraph from Charles' book because this, I think, is a really good picture of the Christian life. This is, it's titled A Parable from the University and you all have probably read this and heard Charles speak on this. At every college and university, students study hard to get an A at the end of the course. When I was a student, I did the same thing, but I had one class that was different. It was a senior level course taken only by physics and chemistry majors and there were only four or five students in the class. The first day of lectures, our teacher surprised us with the following announcement. You don't have to worry about your grade in this course. You all have an A. Now we can just settle down and enjoy the material. Now this is exactly what God does in justification. God gives us an A at the beginning of the Christian life. We do not labor to merit eternal life at the end of our course. We have eternal life. We exalt right now that in just a few more heartbeats we will be in heaven. And I was thinking about that, the fact that we, we've been given an A. We have eternal life. We are justified in God's eyes. We, the love of Christ rests upon us. We have that right now. But that doesn't mean that we're perfect students. It doesn't mean that we don't fail in some way. But our grade doesn't change. And God's love for us doesn't change just because of our performance. And for me, it's a struggle to get my eyes off my own performance and, and just to keep them on what the Lord has done for me. So that's all I have to share.